The road trip is over. The losing streak is over. The New York Knicks winning streak of nine games in a row. Matthew, it's It's over. It is over, dude. (laughs) How about that one? I'm laughing because I have Invisalign in now, so I didn't know how it would sound right away. You might tell a difference a little bit, but... Yeah, dude, it's, I mean, what screams MVP more than that performance by CP3 in the end, right? <laughs> in the garden, <laughs> in the garden, degree of difficulty on his shots, a 10, an elite level. Yeah. The, the, the weight of those shots, what was needed, an elite level, a 10. I mean, the Knicks get it down to three points on a crazy three by Julius Randle, and then it's CP3 for the last eight points. Suns win, game over. Beautiful. Our two superstars performed absolutely great tonight. And I look and sound like a 16-year-old. I'm excited for this one. <laughs> I think we're all <laughs> excited for this. Young Matthew is here. He's smiling ever so bright because he's got the Avisalign now in. So, you know, LFG, let's fucking go. Great game by the Suns. And welcome to all of you who are joining us here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. His name is Matthew. He's got Invisalign. My name is John. I don't. And we are the Suns Jam Session (laughs) podcast. We'd like to thank you if you're joining us along live, whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. You're valued. We appreciate you. You're part of Mm -hmm. Suns Nation, Suns Jam Session Nation, the Jamsters, if you will. You've showed up and showed out, and the Suns did that tonight in a victory over the New York Knicks. If you are watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit the thumbs up button and hit the subscribe button while you're at it. You could click the join button too if you like, and you can you can become an elite jamster, which gets fun little perks. You get those fun little emojis that we've created and some bonus content as well, which Matthew and I are going to be working on here very shortly. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review because we love those reviews, man. If you're on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, a five-star review gets you read right here on the show. So we appreciate that as well. Uh, last but not least, you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lucy. <laughs> Who are you laughing? It's the Invisalign, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a good night. I'm good. A good night. I'm good to go. I just yeah. It's a lot of fun. I was watching the post game and... Uh, Tom and Tom were so giddy and just all up in each other's business. It was just fun to watch, dude, because everyone's very excited right now. <laughs> it is. You know, you lose a couple games to tough competition on the road, and you start to have doubts. And you see us play against the Brooklyn Nets, and you go, okay, that is clearly the class of the league, and we are clearly not yeah. in that class as of yet. This game starts, and we got plenty to talk about because I'm not going to give it all away. So what are you drinking tonight with me, Matthew? Got some water. The water! Got some more. I got to hit the gym after this one. You know, I'm pumped up. I got to get my pump in. All right. Well, I've got an Austin cocktail mojito. You can see that right there. I don't know if you guys ever had cucumber, lime, and mint. Look at that alcohol volume on that fucker. What are you just doing? You're Bill Burr. (laughs) (laughs) And hey, how are you? Yeah. I'm just checking. That's my Bill Burr. He just shouts away yeah, from the mic. I love, I love that, Bill dude. Burr. It's been so long since I listened to that. I was so. listening to him the other day, man. I love Bill Burr. And I love the Phoenix Suns. So let's I pop them if you got them, Suns fans. This thing's like 12% alcohol. I'm going to feel this. Cheers. Let's talk about this Suns victory, baby. The Phoenix Suns go to Madison Square Garden, start off pretty sloppily, if you will, but ultimately come out on top and defeat the New York Knicks by a score of 118 to 110. Matthew, the first thing I want to talk about is I'm ashamed of myself, man. I'm ashamed. Did you put loss? You're covering the game. Did you say the Suns are going to lose? Oh, no. I actually almost nailed this game on bright side of the sun. So I had to write the recap and the preview for this game Mm -hmm. for bright side of the sun. And I said that the Suns would win this game because of one reason, because of Mikhail Johnson or Mikhail Johnson, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, (laughs) Mikhail Johnson and Cameron Bridges. 
I said that they would combine <laughs> in this game for six made three pointers and mm -hmm. win by a score of 116 to 109. So I was off by a total of three points. And how many threes did they hit? I don't know. I'm looking up right now. For some reason, Look I don't even have the box score up. I guess I wasn't ready for this. Six. One. They hit six. six. Oh, I almost wow. absolutely nailed this game. And then like at the end, I was like, oh shit, this might I might like I might get this completely right. 106 or 116 to 109. It was 118 to 110. They both hit six threes and they I, they hit huge mm -hmm. threes. And that was kind of the basis of my argument in the preview for this game was we go as Mikhail and and Cameron Johnson go. But what I'm ashamed about is the fact that after the Brooklyn game on the podcast last or yesterday, we did not talk about Devin Armani Booker and the 36 points he had. And do you know what he did today? Yeah. He goes, listen, I want those guys to talk about me. I want them to lead off their podcast about me. So, Matthew, how great was Devin Booker's performances, not only in Manhattan, but across the bridge in Brooklyn yesterday as well? Oh, it's fantastic. You know what? It is crazy how many times we are on this pod and we do not talk about Devin Booker. There's so much because we expect the best from him. A lot of people want us to talk about a slump, but we talked about it. We're like, eh, not too worried. But tonight, man, he he brought it, and he brought it with his attitude. Sometimes I worry about his attitude. Might get him in trouble. Not in New York, not tonight, not in Madison Square Garden where he loves to play. He was just absolutely amazing, man. He took over exactly when he needed to, and he he gave it to Chris Paul exactly when he needed to. He so they went back and forth, and it was it was just amazing. I did miss most of the first half driving home from work, so I was listening to it, and I heard him in the first quarter really getting in a the groove. They're like, there's book, efficient book in the paint. It's like I love to hear that, dude. I love to hear because that's the book that we've always saw in the beginning of the year or towards the middle of the year where he would just get in his groove with the mid-range. You know, he kind of lost track of that through some games and he had a tough time. But to come out against a New York Knicks team, well, nine in a row, and just to dust them off, dude, and be like, you know what? This is what a real team looks like from the West, all right? This is the way we're gonna finish this road trip three and two, just like we wanted them to to finish it off. And he was the jam star, I'm already going to give it to him right now. He was just absolutely amazing. But then, of course, you got to talk about Chris Paul later. But what do you think about Book, man? I know you got a lot to say. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I have a lot to say. I mean, I just, again, you know, shame on me for not bringing him up and talking about him in the last game. Because what have we talked about on previous podcasts? Just that. The fact that efficient Booker had left the building for a little bit of a, a duration there. And, you know, we weren't, I think, overly worried. The Suns were still winning games. He was going through a slump while the Suns were winning games. But you look to his nine games prior to the Brooklyn game yesterday, and he was averaging 20 points a game, 40% from the field, 23% from the, the uh, beyond the arc. And you were just like, okay. Booker's also tired as well. You know, we're, we're kind of at that point of the season where everybody collectively is trying to find their legs and they are looking for those get right games to try to push through it. You know, it's it's like the fourth quarter of every basketball game. If you're playing in the preseason and you go out and you play the first three quarters, you know, your normal minutes by the fourth quarter, you're winded and it takes some stamina and getting used to that. The Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, the guys who've been on this team for two to three to four to six years in, in Devin Booker's case, have never truly played an entire season knowing that at the back end of the season, the games have weight. You know, Devin Booker put up some massive numbers yeah. in the past, but they weren't stressful numbers. They weren't games in which they the team was relying on him to be so efficient and to be to carry the load. And he's learning how to navigate that. So he goes to Brooklyn yesterday. He goes to New York City today, to Madison Square Garden, and showcases to the, the to the basketball mecca, to the world in which, you know, the, the one where Stephen A. Smith thinks that he wants to go play there because every time he shows up, he balls out. I mean, he averaged coming into this game in five games entering tonight, he averaged 29.6 points every time he stepped on the garden floor. Yeah, and it's meaningful now. I mean, his slump was basically once he figures it out in the NBA, Booker, he has to figure it out again. It's just like life. It's like you think you have it figured out and someone says you're an idiot and then you're like, oh, you know what? I am an idiot. I got to start all over. I got to figure this next level of life out. That's just him on the court. He is basically trying to figure it out as he goes. Now that these games mean so much more, and now that they, I mean, they're playing a team that won nine in a row. So, of course, they might lose a game eventually. But you know they want to beat Phoenix. You know they want to beat one of the best teams in the West and show that they belong in that top tier. 
So the, going against that, he just had to adjust and just show like, hey, I'm still adjusting to these teams, what they're throwing at us as a team, and I'm still going to score score efficiently. Oh, score efficiently. Score efficiently. And that's what he's learning right now. And I love watching it. It's just he has such a different path right now or his whole career of being a superstar, getting to that next level. No one's ever been through a path like Devin Booker, and he keeps on keeping on. And like you said, everyone wants him to be in New York. He's not going to be. But, of course, now they're talking about Chris Paul going there next year. It's always one of these dudes, you know. So Chris, our, Devin Booker's here to stay, and he's proven it, dude. I just I love his dunks, too, in this game. You know, yes. it's like – it. I feel like any other game, maybe that's a layup off the glass, but he'll dunk it and then pound his chest in the end and like run into somebody after just to show like, Hey, this is, this is my place. This is my arena. I belong here. And I mean, I'm a son, but I'm going to dominate every time I'm here. Hey, there's something about the bright lights of Madison Square Garden, man. You know, there's a reason I wore my legendary Devin Booker shirt tonight because I felt bad. I realized after we did the podcast yesterday, I was doing some editing and things. I'm like, man, we didn't talk anything about Booker. He had a fantastic game against really- the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, it was a good game. It was an efficient game. It you know, was. he it, it was, you know, but I think that we were just so caught up in the fact that Tory Craig had such a great performance coming off the bench that we, you know, mm-hmm. negated the fact that Devin Booker went 12 for 24, had 36 points, four for five from deep. I mean, he was doing everything we wanted him to do last night. And I was very excited and pleased that he came out against the New York Knickerbockers, scored 33 points. Uh, 14 for 26 shooting, so not nearly as efficient. One for for uh, three from deep, four for six from the uh, uh, the free throw line. You know, four rebounds, three assists. Uh, but he was really, you know, again, I, I know the answer to this question, but I'll ask it anyways. Have you ever been to Madison Square Garden? Nope. Okay, so I have been. I've been to New York one time. I went a couple Christmases ago, and it was freezing fucking cold out. It was 11 degrees, and one of the only things that you could really do was go to the garden. So we went. We actually saw the, Hor- the Harlem Globetrotters play there because as luck would have it, the Suns were there like three nights before, and we flew mm-hmm. in. But going into that arena, when you're walking outside of it, the Empire State Building is like two blocks away, and it's just like you're right in the middle of downtown Manhattan. It is such this beautiful, it's a beautiful ambiance and you can see Mm -hmm. why you feel like you're at the center of humanity when you go there. So Devin Booker is not the only player who shows up to the garden, shows up and shows out. Michael Jordan did it regularly. Uh, Reggie Miller had the famous choke to Spike Lee there. It's a place where it brings out the best of players and Devin Booker is not going to end up in New York. At least I hope not. But you know what? When he is on the biggest stage, he likes to show that he can play. So guess what, folks? This is a preview for the playoffs because that's the big stage. That's what he's waiting for. And the thing that you saw tonight against the New York Knicks is they kept throwing double teams at him and they triple teamed him like twice. And whereas a few games ago, he was a little bit more inefficient in those double teams. He decided, no, I'm going to figure I figured these things out and I'm going to play better. And I know what my outlets are and I'm learning this and my team's learning what Mm -hmm. to do also when those double teams are coming, because you see them kind of come in spurts against Devin Booker. When he plays against certain teams, they'll double him every time games like this. They want to be physical. I mean, the New York Knicks, this is the best defense in the NBA. They're the best defense relative to three point percentage, field goal percentage and overall points scored per game. So they are going to be a tough team. And you saw that kind of at the beginning of the game with the lackluster energy that the Suns came out with, right? Um, well, I, I kind of heard it, you know, and what I, what I thought was so different from what the third quarter was compared to what the second and first was just getting out to a better start, right? Mm-hmm. The Suns came out and got up to a better start because when they were down by 15 in the first, when I turned on the radio, I'm like, oh my, you got to be kidding me, man. I'm not even hearing Aiton's name anywhere. Yeah. All I'm hearing is Devin Booker trying to do his best. I'm like, just come on, bring it together. Do what you need to do. Start, you know. Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson get to the rim. You know, Mikael Bridges ends up doing that. So later on, but it's like, I don't want the same repeat from the whole, I mean, the road trip where the last two games were just struggling to do anything. It's like, are we just a bad team again? (laughs) What is going on? So it kind of scares you on the ride home. And then you see the third quarter when they come out and start getting down to business. Like, what we missed really the last two games was adjustments out of halftime. And I think in this game, there was absolutely some adjustments. And I Big think time. they took some of like uh, Julius Randle was taken out of the game, basically not even able to do anything. I mean, he had that lucky three at the end, but besides the first half where I didn't see much of, he wasn't even re- relevant at all. 
So, I mean, the Suns did make the adjustments that were needed. And Booker, like, he had those big assists in the end where he wasn't forcing up. He did maybe a couple times. He forced up maybe a couple hero ball shots. And it was just like, all right, you know, get away from that. And he did. And he, Chris Paul took over in the end. So he is adjusting. He's doing the things he needs to do to win. He's just as happy as someone else making the game-winner shot as he would if he were to make it. So that's what you want in your superstar, man. You want a guy that is unselfish like that. And then who else is going to see that in the offseason? Some other star later down yep. the line. They're going to see this. They're going to be like, you know what? Chris Paul had the ball at the end of the game, making like three shots in a row to win the game, and Booker was okay with it. I want to go play with this guy. Exactly. Selfless basketball is something that will attract other players because they want to be a part of that because it's team, mm-hmm. team basketball. And that's what made this game so fun. You know, and again, it started rough and, you know, you didn't see it. I definitely did. Again, I was covering the game for brightsideofthesun.com. So if you get bored, head on over there. You can read what I wrote about the game there. Uh, it was it was kind of a rough watch at the beginning. I mean, the, the Suns got boat raced right out of the gate. The New York Knicks were doing anything that they wanted on offense. They had the energy. They had the hustle. You could tell that they were the team that had won nine games in a row and were looking to put, push it to a dime. You know, they wanted that 10th win in a row, and the Suns kind of came out a little bit shell-shocked. Now, granted, a lot of that was because the Knicks were playing, were taking some really tough shots and making them, but they were also having some wide-open shots with that didn't have a hand in their face. The Suns kind of, in the first half, looked like a team in the middle. It's the best way I can describe it. They were a team that defensively was in the middle. They didn't want to fully commit to closing out on shots because they were afraid if they did, the likes of Julius Randle were going to pass it to an open guy who they had to leave to close out, and they didn't want to fully commit to the paint and for the same exact reasons. If they commit to the paint, then the, the wide-open shots would come. So it was a lot of kind of like, uh, sh- uh, sh- uh, should I go? No, no. Uh, you know, it was like, uh, <laughs> no. you, you ever seen Night at the Roxbury where they're just yes, kind of like, you, me, you, you, me, you. That, that's what like... <laughs> That's what the Suns' defense was kind of looking like in the first half. I mean, you look at it. New York was unconscious in that first quarter. They went 14 for 20 from the field, which is 70%. And they shot 50% from deep, 4 for 8. And, of course, they they were led by a former Phoenix Sun, Reggie Bullock. And I'll I'll give it to him. You know, I think that – I think he's earned it. The Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. You know, it wasn't a shit ton of points, but in the first half, this guy didn't miss a shot. He had 12 points, ended the night with 17 points, four for eight from deep. And he seemed like he was a real mm-hmm. problem. And you're like, no fucking shit. We're going to get the Reggie Bullock revenge game. A guy who played eight, 11 games for the Suns in the 2014 and 15 season. A guy who's running around, looks like a rooster with that hairdo. Kind of Alfred Payton's on the team and he shaved his head. Uh-huh. Reggie Bullock has it. <laughs> no, I do. I do enjoy his hair, but. I'm glad you brought that up because when I was listening to the game, I was like, Reggie Bullock, I think he went four for four in the first quarter, right? From three. Yeah. 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 So every time the Knicks would score, including him, I thought it would be a Suns player scoring. Like, oh, cool. We answered back with a three. It's like, no, that's how quick they were scoring. The Knicks were like, score, turn, force a turnover, get the ball back quickly, and then score again. Like, of course, that's what you want to do when you play basketball. But it was so quick. I thought it was a Sun scoring. I'm like, okay, we answered him back. No, but it's like, oh, DeAndre Ayton scored? No, he was guarding Julius Randle, who scored over him with a little hook shot or something. So that's what that's the way it was in the first, man. I think that as soon as I heard him go four for four, I'm like, oh, this is a guy. I'm like, he sounds familiar. I don't even remember him really playing for the Suns. So I guess you can say it's a revenge thing. But when a guy does that, you make adjustments to where he only scores four more points the rest of the game. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I mean, five more points. That's great. Because usually, you know, in the past, even this season, we played these guys and they just they come in and do that. And then second half do the same exact thing. You know, we just can't stop them. So to stop him, even though he's not a big namer, it, it means a lot because if we're to lose this game, he goes off and he continues it. That's something that we're going to be talking about tonight, even though we're talking about it, but in a in a positive way because in, we're in a happier manner, now. in mm-hmm. a happier manner. And and the kudos to the Suns for the way that they closed both of those quarters because in the first quarter they got down by fifteen, in the second quarter they got down by fifteen, but they closed the first quarter on a fourteen six run and they closed the second quarter on a ten four run and ultimately were down by I believe seven points come halftime. And Julius Randle only had five points two rebounds and two assists in this game uh, in yeah. the first half. He obviously heat up plenty in the second uh, the second half, but I think a big reason that he was kind of having a little bit of a hard time to operating offensively is the fact that the juice, Torrey Craig, started the game. 
That's what he said to him. He's like, what's up? What's up, Julius Randle? I'm going to play physical on you. I'm going to create some shot deterrence. Yeah, you're a good passer, but you're not going to get everything as easy as you are used to having during this nine-game win streak. And the mm-hmm. juice provided, man. I mean, he did a, a, a pretty darn good job on him on uh, Julius Randle defensively. Now, granted, Julius Randle ended the night uh, with a total of 18 points, 18, six, yeah. but six for 17 shooting. So what did you see tonight from Julius Randle in the second half? I just saw him non-existent. I just saw him not really being the vocal point of the offense. Very passive. Had the really great three from the corner. Was like, I know that's going to go in because it's the Suns' luck. It was a broken play, too. Yeah, and it's like CP3 makes that awesome, awesome fadeaway where he's shooting it off his, hit, off his hip, and it goes in, nothing but net. But I'm like, yeah, but these teams we play all the time make these crazy threes to get back in the game. So that's what he did. I honestly didn't see a whole lot. I didn't feel like he wanted to be center of attention tonight you know there wasn't really a whole lot going i know he made some really great passes how many assists did he have did he have oh four, four. assists four but assists, he got six the, rebounds yeah, he kept moving the ball around man i think he really tried to do that a lot in the end he didn't really want to be the vocal point for some reason because when i watch him every other game it's him and it's like he stands out so big and tall it's like you can't miss him but tonight i couldn't find him offensively yeah, it was really interesting. You know, shout out to the boogie trend in the chat who says Randall is big but plays like a guard. And he does. You know, he I mean, does. he averaged coming into this game, what, 24, 25 points a game, 10 and a half rebounds, and six assists a game. He's somebody who's looking to pass the ball because he is the focal point of the offense. So when the when teams start double teaming him, he's going to pass out of it. And the Suns did double yeah. him a little bit tonight, but they really didn't have to too much because they had Torrey Craig matching up against him and making things difficult for him. And I think that kind of took him aback, if you will, in the first half. Now, he adjusted in the second half. There was a play almost instantly when the second half began where he tried to go to his right. He's a left-handed shooter, mind you. He tried to go to his right. Uh, Torrey Craig bodied him up the whole time, and he put up a tough, contested shot. And then from there, he's like, oh, man, they're going to be playing me a little bit different. So he had to try to adjust Mm -hmm. his game. But what I noticed with what Torrey Craig was doing was he was moving Julius Randle laterally. Only a couple times did Julius Randle have an opportunity to go north and south and try to get to the basket. And when he did, he owned it. But when Torrey Craig would cut him off and force him laterally, it took him out of his offensive rhythm. And again, 6 for 17 for a guy who's a potential MVP candidate. I mean, we can't lie. Julius Randle, there's no way he's going to win the award. But he is somebody who will garner some votes this year for what he's done uh, with his performance. And definitely, uh, definitely, probably, he's (laughs) most likely... He's most mm-hmm. likely going to win the most improved player of the year award. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. MVP, maybe a stretch, but I mean, it's, it's thrown out there because it's New York. And I mean, come on, the Knicks haven't been good forever. That's why they got coached of the year, too, as well. Oh, there it is. I messed up as well. But uh, <laughs> two as yeah, well. So he is basically, I mean, how do you stop Zion? You got to create like a wall or something, but he's impossible to stop. So he's like a. He's like a notch below Zion getting to the rim. Like he is yep. almost that dominant getting to the rim and doing what he wants to do. Zion, of course, I feel like it's just so unstoppable. But Julius Randle is so different because he never did this his whole career until like what the past few seasons, if that, just this season to where he's just that unstoppable getting to the rim. So you got to watch out for that. But he is a guy where if he if he does get some nods from MVP and Chris Paul doesn't get any, something's wrong because Chris oh, Paul that, that shows you happen. why he deserves MVP. Yeah, it better not happen because I love Julius Randle. Most improved is for sure a thing that's going to happen, but uh, he he's he's dominant, but he's not MVP caliber yet. Um, but it is weird tonight. I know like you were talking about Torrey Craig, but Craig only played the 17 minutes and he started. And so I was just like, is he going to cover him the whole game? Is that something that's going to happen? It didn't seem like it. They switched off of it a few times, but it would have been funny because he started if he would have played like 40 minutes, Tory Craig, and see yeah. how good he was for that span. I mean, I don't think we're going to have him starting in the future when Jay Crowder comes back. I didn't want him starting tonight. I'm like, he's our best bench player. To have him come off the bench, I love it. But what did you think about him starting, though? Did you, did you, were you surprised I was by it? All for it. All for it. No, were you? Okay. It, it made sense. You want somebody who has the ability to body up Julius Randle. And I'm sorry, Cameron Johnson just isn't necessarily it. Now, Cam did get his shots at him. He did get some minutes on him. But without Jay Crowder in the lineup, the next best guy to play physical defense on a team whose focal point is their power forward is going to be Torrey Craig. And what's funny is he ended the night with three total points, right? Those were the first three points of the game. 
he hit the opening three for the Suns, and then the boat race was on for a while there. But uh, you know, I was like, okay, Tory Craig's going to continue, and he's going to have a night. And ultimately, you know, he was focused on defense. He had, he ended with three assists, one rebound, and one for four shooting. He was there to try to disrupt Julius Randle. Juice yeah. mission accomplished. Uh, shout out to Buck Dog in the chat. He's one of our elite jamsters. He says, always liked Randall's vision, similar to Shaq's. And I, I agree with that. He's somebody who is a, a an elite passer for a big. He somebody is. who's always had that capability to do so. And tonight, the Suns had to force him into those, those different passing lanes because they were not going to let him. And that's how you do beat Zion. The hard thing with Zion is Julius Randall's pretty quick. Torrey Craig really did a good job forcing him, like I said, laterally versus vertically. Zion, you have to do the same thing. You have to try to force him laterally because he doesn't nearly have the passing vision that Julius Randle has, at least as of yet. Who knows what Zion's going to yeah. do? But you know, Tory Craig, we never, we didn't have Tory Craig have a chance to try to d up Zion. So yeah, um, so Tory Craig, he comes in and does what we expected, right? Just put up good defensive minutes. That's all yeah. we expected when he came in here. So yep. that stat line he said three three points. It's like it's not disappointing. That's what we expected for him to do. When he came into this team, came and to the this di- team, and the difference is, you know, when Jay Crowder comes in, you you expect the same thing from Jay Crowder. The difference is, you can get frustrated when Jay Crowder shoots nine threes and hits like one of them, and we know that that's part of the Jay Crowder experience, so it's not overly yeah. frustrating. Yeah. But I know come playoff time, if he throws a couple of those like two for nines, three for eleven games out there, unless they're timely shots, it will be frustrating. Whereas Torrey Craig comes in, you're like, listen, this guy's going to play D on a guy, you know, like if we have to play the Lakers, I wouldn't mind seeing Torrey Craig get a couple starts in there with Jay Crowder also assisting coming off the bench. So there's just this constant sustained defensive effort in it because I, because Torrey Craig plays bigger than Jay Crowder does. He, he does. I don't know. I think we need Jay Crowder in that starting lineup. He's just the glue. I don't know how many times I got to say, I think he just is a guy one for nine, but I feel like they're so forgettable because we still end up winning those games usually because he's not the focal point of the offense. Exactly. He's the fifth option. And what's better than Jay Crowder getting hot? I mean, besides Ooh. maybe Chris Paul and Devin Booker getting hot, you know, from the field, what's better than that? Jay Crowder, I love it when he will just, he'll score his four three in a row and just like do whatever he does after. It's just it's shenanigans. It's he, he, he yells at chairs it. where nobody's yeah, in those Yona chairs. chairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what he does there, I can't, you can't replace that. So I do miss that. And he's All right. almost 0 3 from him. With All right, I, I got a, I got a good question in the chat. This is from Long John Silver eighty five. So there you are. Okay, you're in the back alley. It's after a Suns game actually, and you're walking along the tracks right there on the south side of the stadium, and you're getting jumped. Who on this roster are you calling for help, Matthew? Oh, uh, probably Chris Paul. I think so too. Chris Paul probably know. has a knife or something, and he's quick. Like I'd like to have Tory Craig or Jay Crowder because I just feel he like would they talk got, him out of it. I feel like they, he would they, turn they that person's the, life around. <laughs> He becomes camp, camp counselor Crowder. Yeah. No, um, no, it's Chris Paul. Yeah. You got Buck Dog says Javon for sh- he'd maul them. You yeah. got uh, Fabio, another loyal listener, says uh, Kaminsky for sure. Okay. <laughs> Jones in since 80 says definitely not DA, LOL. Oh, no. And, and Long John Silver, us. who posed the question, says I'm calling Jay. I got to go with Matthew. I think Jay Crowder is like, he, he's a tough, badass, junkyard dog kind of guy. But he'd probably be like, hey, man, like you don't need to do this. It'll turn into like, uh, the end well, of a Full House Paul. episode. You mean Chris Paul? Because you can yeah, say Jay. You, yeah, you're saying not Jay Crowder. No, I'm saying Chris Paul. Yes. I would have Jay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I would go with, with Chris Paul as well. I feel like okay. he just. Cool. And, and you probably didn't see this part of the game, but early in the game, and, and you know, we were talking about Julius Randle, potential MVP candidate. Let's switch gears, go right into the CP3 talk. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the game, he was John with those refs, man. Like I saw a look on his face that I have never seen before where he just had this look of disgust on his face. And I, I wrote about it in the piece for bright side, the recap that's currently being posted there about how, I don't know if Chris Paul was just frustrated with officiating overall seen as there were some questionable calls last night, but tonight again, there were some just inconsistencies from the refereeing and Chris Paul got a technical foul. He got his, I believe his ninth total on the year. Uh, he went for it because he was just kind of pissed off. And then, you know, obviously his performance at the end of the game. But what did you see from Chris Paul tonight, man? 20 points for this guy. Well, him coming out early, what I miss with him getting onto the refs, I think that has to do with just Devin Booker. When Devin Booker speaks to the media about, you know, not no respect from the refs, even if 
us as fans are like, well, I always say this. I'm like, just go out and prove it in different ways. You'll end up getting your respect. That's just me. I don't know anything. Yep. Chris Paul is his teammate. He has to go out there and start barking at the rest to get them going. Start noticing Booker in himself. Once he gets the team noticed, once he starts griping because he's the leader of the team, then that helps Booker. And once you go out into the media and say it, then I think that's why Chris Paul did it. Honestly, I think that's a big reason because you don't see it too much, right, from him until maybe towards the end of the game. So that's very, very strange. But today, I don't even know what I saw from him. That guy, Chris Paul, are we just talking about the end of the game? <laughs> I just, I'm lost for words what he did. Dude. But that only a couple people in my life can give me a feeling like that watching something and i whatever he was doing towards the end of the game and they were not the prettiest looking shots either the one from his hip the three-pointer too yeah i was like how nothing but net but when he's feeling it dude and you have him and booker that's just that's automatic that's what we missed the last two games are those two guys i know book had the good game last game but we needed that from chris paul and he showed up tonight dude and honestly I'm just saying these are MVP caliber games. These are games where it gets your team back in out of a funk, a two game losing streak. It's crazy that we, you know, we're upset because we were lost two games in a row, but Chris Paul gets us out of that funk. That's something an MVP will do. He'll step up when he knows Booker's not getting it, getting it going towards the end of the game. He'll step up and make those shots for Booker and for the team. That's just being an MVP right there. 20 points, six assists, five rebounds. Eight of those 20 points were the last eight points that the Phoenix Suns scored. I mean, the degree of difficulty on those shots were unbelievable. You're like, oh, shit, wasted possession. And then CP3 just like would pull a, a, an amazing shot out of his back pocket. And like you said, Matthew, yeah. nothing but net. And it was beautiful to watch. And, you know, again, it's you have to constantly be reminded. And I think that we kind of fall a uh, victim to this because when we analyze these games going live after every game, we're looking at the pieces around Devin Booker and Chris Paul. And I'm really glad that we're spending a lot of time talking about both these guys tonight because we don't talk about them enough on this podcast. We're too busy talking about Sarge's smoke break and whether or not Mikhail Bridges is slashing enough and why is Cam Johnson's shot not there and not taking the time to truly appreciate what we have the opportunity to watch night in and night out and night in and night out one or both Devin Booker and Chris Paul are performing and putting legendary performances out there, and we just need to stop and appreciate those. And tonight was one of those games where, as you mentioned, you know, you don't see him get as as verbally abusive to the referees and the officiating as we used to in the past because in years past, whenever we would watch Chris Paul, whether it be in the playoffs or when he played the Suns, I feel like he was always chirping. And you don't see that as much anymore. And that's that that maturation process. And it's him going into full leader mode, knowing that the superstar of the team is right next to him and teaching him how to do that. Teach him the constructive ways to do that. And it's okay to get a technical foul every now and then because that's what makes your point. And that's exactly what he did. Mm -hmm. Got the technical foul and carried on with the game. And come the end of the game, he he took it over, man. And it was just, it was so impressive to see. You know, essentially the, the game was 113 to 110. And there you go, Chris Paul put that game away man yeah and he was talking crap to him and coolio was coolio yeah i think he was rooting yeah, for him it, in that it game. was ll cool j wasn't it no i think it was coolio dude was coolio on the was, sideline I, it I was his hair eddie, eddie johnson was saying ll cool j and like i was writing <laughs> oh, and i looked up and i'm like that's I'm like is ll cool j i swear it was coolio's hair it showed him yeah you're right because ll cool j is bald yeah maybe the, maybe they were together well chris rock maybe was there too to the game so, together i don't know celebrity sucks so it doesn't matter <laughs> But that's what it is. Everybody shows up to this game. So you want to talk about an MVP mm -hmm. caliber game? Again, I know Chris Paul is not winning the MVP. It's just not going to happen. Jokic, well, Jokic, Denver is slipping a little bit. In hey, B, dude, they're slipping a little bit. Philadelphia's lost four in a row. I'm just saying, if this son, yeah, what did I, I told you, I said, if they can get, if he can get eight and playing to the next level, which he already has, mm -hmm. and then somehow something happens with the, with the Nuggets. I don't know. I'm just saying, watch the Nuggets if they start losing because they don't have Jamal Murray. And then also, Clippers lost tonight, too. So that's awesome. But yes, the Clippers did lose to the Pelicans. I do see some of the Jamsters referencing that in the chat. Mm -hmm. And currently, there's 11 seconds left in the game between the Timberwolves and the Jazz. And the Jazz are losing by two points to them. So it'll be interesting to see what that final score ends up being. But I the Suns it. could. Suns could gain a game on the two teams that they're going to be playing next. So mm -hmm. uh, real quick, I want to give a shout out to some of the Jamsters who are uh, can, continuing on Long John Silver's question relative to if you were in a dark alley and getting jumped, who would you be uh, uh, calling upon for the Suns? Uh, 
Johnny Go, the the creator of the Sarge smoke break, said Sarge would already be out there smoking. Which oh, he, he would come out from <laughs> behind a dumpster or something. <laughs> yeah, and he'd just instantly just fall over. He would like throw a he'd be a knife thrower, right? Dario Sarge. I feel like no, he would throw knives. It, but he would miss. He would miss. And he it would, would be miss? a dull knife. It would be a dull knife. I don't know. I feel like he'd be a good knife thrower. Dude. Buck dog says DA would swing punches and miss. <laughs> yeah. Oh, too funny. I'll I'll tell you, man. I'll tell you. Well, speaking of DA. Overwatch 2021. So this is back-to-back games in which I feel like DeAndre Ayton really had an opportunity to kind of flex his muscle and showcase his might down in the 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 low block and in the paint. And he ended tonight with a total of nine points against the Knicks, had 13 big rebounds, uh, four for seven shooting, two assists, one block. And I think the four for seven, four for seven shooting is all you really need to see from this game. This was a game where the Suns just couldn't get the ball into DeAndre Ayton. Nerlens Noel was doing a decent job trying to block him, but I feel like Taj yeah. Gibson, who is a, a wily veteran, if you will, who played a lot of years with the Chicago Bulls, did a really good job of just cutting off any entry passes, and the Suns just couldn't get him the ball. Uh, what did you see from our big buddy DA tonight? I saw a sleepy giant. I just saw him not really going after the passes. I mean, it's it's two things, you know. Is he going to go after the ball, or is he just going to sit there and let the other guy steal it? Because I kept hearing that when I was listening to the game on the way home, like that he was getting the ball taken away from him. So I'm like, a lot of that one is possession, one possession, one possession. One possession. Did he, he did he did he get stripped? Okay, and then there were two that I saw tonight under the basket where he just kind of like ducked out of the way from the ball. It was kind of a weird night. I just think he was kind of sleepy. Back-to-backs aren't good for DeAndre, I don't think. I mean, we can probably look up the stats, but recently it's just not been that good. I didn't expect anything from him too much, and I think a lot of it has to do with him because the good games he has, he goes after the ball. He asks for it. He makes himself more available, so it is up to him. I think he could have been more dominant tonight, but it just wasn't there for him tonight, and obviously it doesn't matter, but it was just a game I would rather not talk about for him just because it's just sleepy giant tonight, you know? I like what Long John Silver 85 said in the chat. He said, great mediocre game. Because that's (laughs) what it came out to. I mean, he he got the rebounds, as Jen Mm -hmm. Sam says. As long as he gets those rebounds, we're fine. And that was the nice thing over these past two nights. You know, him rebounding the ball was the most important thing because especially in the second half tonight, you know, the Knicks started missing their shots. They they weren't going to go 70% for the entire night. They ended shooting a total of 51% from the field. So you knew that they were going to start to miss some shots. The key was not allowing them second possessions. And they only gave up, or uh, the Suns only gave up six offensive rebounds to the Knicks. And a lot of that should be credited to DeAndre Ayton. And we ended up uh, out-rebounding the Knicks 37-35 to 35 tonight. Again, with DeAndre Ayton having 34 or uh, I'm sorry, 13 of those rebounds. And that was my big thing. You know, offensively, I could see it was going to be a Devin Booker night. He was going to want to, he, he was willing the team to get through those runs early in the game. When the Suns couldn't score, when they were just jacking up threes, the same things that happened in the third quarter. The Suns came out and shot four or five straight threes to start the third quarter. Every one of them was a long rebound that the Knicks got get, got out and ran and were just getting layups. And before you know it, the Suns were down big again. And it was just like, what the frick, man? And, yeah. you know, so you knew Devin Booker, as he did, came and was like, okay, I'm going to control this game. I'm going to be the one who's going to put the ball in the basket. DeAndre, I just need you to get those defensive boards, man, to stop those secondary possessions. Because what really kills a team who's trying to come back, like the Suns were for the majority of the night, until it was 79-79, they, were, they never led up to that point. In fact, I don't know if you saw, but the Suns tied the game at 79-79, and Bally the Rally Valley Bally Sports said, Suns first lead. I'm like, dude, it's fucking tied. Like, I, <laughs> I thought they were 79-78, weren't they? It was 79-79. The Suns went up 83-84 oh, okay. off of Mikhail Bridges' free throw. See what happens okay. when you write about the game? You remember all the little statistics and nuances. Yeah. Uh, but I realized the problem with Bally, the Rally Valley sports, it's not Bally sports, it's Bally sports. They're talking about balls. It's Bally. They're very Mm. Bally, Bally program. Is this the real thing right now? Is it really Bally? No, no, it's definitely not Bally. All right, I didn't uh, for it. And Jen Sam says, uh, (laughs) the, and, and Juan, Juan Arenada just says, uh, the jazz just lost. So there you go, man. Suns, Suns gain a game on, on the two teams. 
you know, it, it goes from beginning of the night where I'm just like, uh, I don't really care where we're at in the seeding. Now I just want to be number one again. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm like, we're going to be in top four. So who cares? But now it's like, we're one and a half out of the jazz. So here we go again. Here so that puts again, us man. a game up on the Clippers and a game behind the jazz. And I'll oh. tell you, you know, we talked about this. Uh, I want that two seed. I don't want that one seed. That's that's kind of I'm going to be putting together a piece here very shortly for Brightside talking about that exact topic. But uh, back to DeAndre Ayton, back to Ayton. Watch. What do you mm. think of his rebounding tonight? I thought it was okay. I honestly, I thought he could have done a lot better tonight. I'll just be be real, simple. be frank. I, I'm being myself here. You know, I just I think he just wasn't there. He could have got a lot more rebounds in 13 tonight. I thought. I don't care about New Orleans Noel. I know he's the shot leading shot blocker of the NBA, but it is doesn't he really? matter. Dude. Yeah, I guess he is. I no heard shit. that on the broadcast, so I guess it's true. I'm not going to look <laughs> it up because I don't care. But no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> DA could have done a lot better, dude. There were some tip passes or tip when he's trying to get the rebound. There's just a lot of lot lost effort there from him. Um, but I'll just leave it there. I just, I don't care to go into it too much because I know it'll just kind of upset me and he'll just respond next game. He doesn't do good back to back. So we're not going to see back to backs in the playoffs. So no excuse in the playoffs, right? DA. Sure. He better not. He better not. Well, let's, let, let's break away from the eight and watch and talk about okay. Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, Mikhail mm -hmm. Bridges, fantastic night tonight, scored a total of 21 points, three assists, two seals, four rebounds, three from six from deep and eight for 12 overall on the evening. It was great to see Mikhail Bridges have one of those games that we really needed to see because we've been talking about it recently. He's somebody who, again, is another player who's just been kind of tired. And we know that this was a five-game road trip, a very tough five-game road trip. And a lot of yeah. the players are trying to are starting to show some of that fatigue. Mikhail Bridges most notably considering that he has to guard the hardest guy Every night on the opposition, he was guarding a lot of RJ Barrett tonight, who uh, scored 17 points on seven for 18 shooting. Uh, what'd you see from Mikhail tonight? Oh, I love, dude, I love his sauce. Like, he's so spicy. He's saucy and spicy. Whenever he gets a three going, he has a little bit of the Jay Crowder in him now, where he talks some stuff behind him whenever he makes it. He'll even like, Fade, in, fade away into the bench and run over coaches on the way back down the floor. <laughs> you know, did you see that one time where he tumbled over some yes. coach? I'm like, yeah, yeah he, he did took that him right purpose. out after a three. He did it on purpose. That's the way he is now. He gets to the rim and he's phenomenal around there. That's what gets him to the outside. That's when he's so crisp from the outside. He did exactly what he needed to do. Uh, Cam Johnson, on the other hand, did the opposite where he just kept shooting threes. But Mikhail Bridges, dude, he has some lip now on him and I love to see it. I mean, he already had lip, but I'm just saying, like, he's speaking a lot out there. And I mean, remember Chris Paul talked about that too, where he talked about Mikael Bridges is kind of under, underhandedly, kind of a little bit of a smart guy. You know, he'll, he'll throw yeah. some jabs out there. So now we're getting to see it, dude. His confidence coming out more, getting ready for the playoffs. He's going to be talking a lot of smack, hitting those corner threes because that's what he does. That's what he does. And you love to see it, dude. And that's what helped us. He was the extra guy tonight, right? He's what you he needed considering guy. that you knew Tory Craig was going to be taking on the majority of the defensive load. You weren't going to put Mikhail Bridges on Julius Randle. He's got like 80 pounds on him. So you let Mikhail cook offensively because he didn't have to spend all the effort defensively. And he was cutting to the basket. He was doing up and unders. He was slamming at home. He was hitting the three ball. He looked really good tonight. And again, Cam Johnson, three for 11 overall from the field. Okay. Not yeah. a great uh, night from Cam Johnson. 11 total points because he got two free throws in there. But all three of those threes came in the fourth quarter and were big threes for the yes. Suns. You know, and that's what it comes down to. It comes down to the fact that we go as those two go. And when you look at tonight, a total of 32 combined points from Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, that's the kind of stuff you need to see against quality teams in the NBA. That's the kind of performances that are going to equate to wins for the Phoenix Suns come playoff time because you know that either DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, or Devin Booker, two of the three, are going to have solid performances. And then if the bench can take care of itself, shout out to Campaign, who had 11 points in the game, and they all came in the first half. I mean, he was it was him and Devin Booker carrying the Suns offensively in the first half. But shout mm -hmm. out to both the Cams and Mikhail Bridges because yes. with, without them, the Suns don't win this game by eight. No, and um, Cam Johnson's doing the opposite of what Mikhail's doing. He from Jay Crowder. He Jay Crowder's teaching Cam Johnson like f him, keep shooting the three. That's yes. what Cam Johnson does. And then Jay Crowder gave uh, gave that little spunk 
to Mikel Bridges, you know, to talk some crap. He's like, find a chair that's empty and fucking yell at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or run over an assistant coach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nathaniel Doris says Rubio steal for the win. So the Wolves win because of Papa Ricky Rubio. So Papa Ricky, you beautiful Sands fan, you. We still we appreciate you. We can still see you. you in the sky. We can still, still see his face. Still, still see. Still see. I'm not even going to play the drop. Uh, and and Buck Dog asks, why don't we want the number one seed? We'll end up with a broken Portland. Uh, here's the reason for that. And I, Matthew, I think you kind of disagree with me here, but I'll, I'll state my case for this and, and kind of the basis of the argument I'm going to make here on Brightside. So for all the Suns Jamster listeners and watchers, you're going to get a preview. So you don't have to read what I'm going to write, essentially. The reason I don't want the one seed is because the path to the NBA Finals, I feel, is better if you're the two or, or three seed right now for the Phoenix Suns. If you are the one seed, yes, you can get a broken Portland who plays absolutely no defense, and you could potentially sweep that team or win in five or six games. You know, Dame is good for one or two playoff games. I can understand that. But after that, you play the winner of the four versus five seed. And the four versus five seed is most likely going to end up being the Denver Nuggets versus the Los Angeles Lakers. I would rather, as a Suns fan, have the Suns play either uh, Dallas or whoever the se- the seventh son- the seventh seed ends up being mm-hmm. playing that team, and then the second round playing most likely the Clippers, uh, and then in the third round the Western Conference Finals playing the winner of the Jazz versus the Lakers or Nuggets. Because if it is the Lakers, if they do find a way to find that health, which they most likely will, I really feel like LeBron's milking that injury uh, to the day, to this day. I think when it first happened, I think he kind of sold it a little harder than he did just because he knows he needs some rest. He had a long season last year. He had a very short turnaround. He's somebody who wanted the NBA season to start in January versus mid-December. So he's taking his rest because he wants to go in a chip. He doesn't care about the regular season standings right now. He has belief in that team that they can mow through anybody on the court. So if they do go up against the Denver Nuggets in the first round, Jokic is going to create enough trouble for that team just enough to put some stress on them and and to, and to weaken them a little bit. And then they have to go against Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, uh, and the rest of the, the Utah Jazz squad. And that could be another five, six, maybe even a seven-game series for them. So I would rather play a beleaguered, tired uh, Los Angeles Lakers team than a team that is playing in the second round. I'd rather have a shot at them in the third round. And I think I asked you this question before. I don't know if it was on the podcast or if I was just talking to you regularly. But if we go into the oh yeah, it was on the podcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. It is something Last that the podcast. yeah, it's something that the the uh coast to coast podcast mentioned. It's like if we have to play the Lakers in that Washington Conference final and we end up losing that series, I'm I'm okay with it. Like mm-hmm. I, like this is definitely a successful season, knowing that next year was supposed to be the year we we're supposed to make the jump to potentially win a title and or go to the go to the Western Conference Finals and or win the title. But if we were to go into the Western Conference Finals this year uh and have to play like the Jazz and lose, like that's a loss to me. What do you think about all that? Because I know I'm talking way too much. Well, that's all right, dude. I, I, I actually I can gather my thoughts right now. I don't know why. Um, so the Spurs. Remember the Spurs used to kind of plan out the seating where they used to play the Suns. <laughs> I, they used to purposely plan out the seating so they knew exactly who they want to play. Uh-huh. So I guess we could do that this year. It'd be smart. But then I don't know. It depends if LeBron comes back. How long they had to gel together, of course. So it'd be kind of nice to face them earlier than later. Um, that would be awesome. But then the Clippers right now are playing brilliant. So maybe if you play the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, maybe that's good enough for the Clippers. Like, hey, we did our best. You know, that's the way they play, right? They're like, yeah, we, well, we didn't want to win it this year. Next year's good enough. We'll get the West Con- Western Conference Finals this year, and then we'll win the championship. So then maybe if you run into that, that'd be awesome. For the Suns, of course, it would suck for them to lose in the Western Conference Finals. But I would be happy. But I know this team right now wants to win it all. So that's what I want. And honestly, any path right now in the West is going to be tough. I feel like no matter what it is. And I don't know which way to go about it. And whoever the hell we play, I'm going to be very, very antsy. A lot of anxiety. Uh, a lot of pimples on my face and butt, probably for a those weeks. are going to be some fun podcasts. Yeah, it's going to have gross on my back. Stuff's going to happen, dude, because it's going to be a lot going on. So no matter the situation for the Suns, it's going to suck. It's going to be tough, and we don't even know what to expect from the Suns team, honestly. Nope. And Floppy Socks forty four says in the chat, he's like, I know I'd rather face the Lakers because we'd have to beat them anyways. I would hate to lose to the Clippers. I get that. I get that. You know, you have to play the Lakers anyways, but. I'd rather have to play them in the Western Conference Finals with an opportunity to go to the NBA Finals. 
because they would have to go through two tough rounds to get to us. So uh, again, that's something I'm going to make a case for on brightsideofthesun.com. So stop by there if you want to read some quality Phoenix Suns content. Jam star of the game. All right, this is the reminder all the jamsters who are watching all live. Please subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Please hit the thumbs up button. If you want to donate in the super chat, I could use another one of these little mojito things. So help me with oh, some how drinking was it? money. Did you finish it? Uh, no, I'm pretty close, but these things are pretty uh, wicked, man. 12.5% yeah. alcohol, man. Those are the ones you're talking about, huh? Yeah, I'm, I, can, I can feel these things. Uh, and also, Ooh. if you're watching along live, go ahead and let us know who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, I, I said it yesterday first, so I'll let you go first. Okay, <laughs> uh, just really quick. Sorry, Blackout Suns. Uh, I'm sorry you're eating and you had to hear that from me about gross all over my body and stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is pretty gross. Matthew Lucy, always good to ruin early. a meal. Whenever, yeah, whenever yeah. you watch these podcasts, make sure you are not I eating. You can have a drink with time. us. We never sit there and say, hey, have a meal with us. Yeah, you can still drink a beer. Um, my jam started for sure. Chris Paul, man. That has to be everything I said before. Just a godly performance by him late. I just don't know what else to say for him, man. Nathaniel in the chat, CP3. Uh, Grim Rippa is going to give it to the juice. And I love that juice emoji. That's pretty fucking badass. Alex Kroll, one of our elite <laughs> jamsters, CP3. The point god from the Boogie Trend. Jay Nunya, another one of our elite jamsters. Not Julius Randle, which is fantastic. That's the end goal of this game. Don't let Julius Randle be the jam star. Jay Pizzle gives it to Book. Got to be CP3 for Fabio. I choose Rubio for Nathaniel Taurus. Uh <laughs> Leo gives it to CP3. Uh, God of the point. I shoot that. Uh, I assume you meant point on that one. That's uh, for Christian Zabowski. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, CP3 this time. Uh, CP3, no doubt, from Will and Fiona McKay ready. So, you know, I am, you know, I- I'm, I'm giving it to Booker in this one. I'm wearing the legendary shirt, man. Do it. You know, Chris Paul it. couldn't have, have made those clutch time opportunities if Devin Booker didn't get us in the position to win tonight. And that's what he did. He he bore the brunt of that offense when that team had no fucking idea where they were at, where they were just jacking up threes. Booker's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go back to the mid-range game because that's what I own. And he did that. And then also in those last minutes, he wasn't him calling for the ball or him being, you know, uh, uh, what do we always call it at the end of the game, Booker? What do, we, what, oh, what do we call it? Booker ball. Booker ball. He didn't go into Booker ball. At, at the end of the game, yeah, as, as R yeah. says in the chat, Booker carried the game. CP3 finished it off, so he definitely deserves a nod, but I'm going to give it to Booker on this one. So kudos to you, Devin Booker, uh, and I also owed you one because, man, you had a hell of a game yesterday, and we didn't give you any fucking props. Guess what? Yeah, right, I don't think get, you wanted it. What's that? Nothing. What would you say? Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, who wins this? Yeah, who wins? Who wins? The Suns or the Knicks? Matthew said the Suns. I said the Knicks because I'm trying to okay. catch him in the standings. I was wrong. Matthew was right. He's smart. I'm dumb. I should listen to him. He shouldn't listen to me. All I do is say Suns. That's all. Yeah, all you do is win, 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 no matter what. 31 and 14 for Matthew on the year. I am 26 and 19. <laughs> so let's look towards Wednesday. The Suns come home. Uh, by the way, successful road trip, three and two. That's what we we're saying, right? That's success, That's right? That's what we said, three and two. That's yeah. all you wanted. That's all you wanted. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter how you're going to get there, man. You knew you were playing five of the top six teams in the Eastern Conference. You went three and two on those games. Game mm-hmm. over. Come home. Next game on Wednesday, the Los Angeles Clippers back at a normal time for those of you yeah. who are in Phoenix. Matthew, what are you watching when it comes to this game, man? I want to see all their starters, and I want to see Leonard. I want to see Paul. They don't play together ever. They're like on pace to play 50 games this year. You know, it's just, I don't know. Honestly, I want to see us versus them full full strength. It'd be nice, right? And I honestly, I don't know if the Suns can pull this one off or not because the Clippers are pretty tough right now. I know I always downplayed them, but they do like the, look like the best team right now in the West, uh, and they were winning games without those guys that I mentioned. So absolutely hard to beat a team that we will meet in the playoffs. But uh, this time, if we played them up to a better standard than our last time, would Paul George have 50 points last time we played him? That's what it felt like, man. Yeah, he was ridiculous. So it's going to be tough, dude. I don't know what to expect or who we're going to play against because we know as soon as Wednesday comes, the injury report in the morning, it's going to show one of these dudes off off the starting lineup. So that's going to suck. 
Well, I don't know, because I feel like every time we play the Clippers, we get the full strength. Both times was that we've played them. Both have been losses so far. Both times, both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard played. Now mm-hmm. they were out with they were without other players, some role players last time. Luke Kennard is somebody who had to step up and did in the last game that we played them. But they're a team that you know you talk about the Lakers, and I guess it's because we've played the Lakers twice this year and we haven't seen them nearly at full strength. Both games without AD, one game without LeBron. But even last year, I felt like the Suns played the Lakers very well. The Los Angeles Clippers are are a different beast, if you will. I just. I I have a hard time, you know, knowing that we've lost to them by 18 points and or I'm sorry, what was it? 113 to 103 last time we played them. So that was uh, a difference of 10. And then before that, we lost by five. And that was early in January. And that was a game where we got blown out in that game. We were down 30 in that game and we came back and made it a game at the end because we stuck to our offense and not shooting threes and falling into that trap. You know, this team is 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 dangerous. You know, there's no two ways about it. You know, like you said, they're they're playing very well. You know, it's interesting. You look at the Phoenix Suns and you look at how they've played as of late. You know, they've they've dropped what three games in their last probably 10, 7 and 3. Like the Clippers like 8 and 1 or 8 and 2 or 9 and 1. I mean, they they're just they play so well. They're a team that scares the shit out of me. Uh they're first in the league in three-point shooting. They're first in the league in free throw percentage. Uh they take the fifth most threes in of, of anybody in the league you know so we gotta we gotta guard that perimeter man we really have to uh you know rajon rondo somebody mentioned rajon rondo in the chat you know he was the difference maker in the last game we have he to was. have the ability to stop these guys they're a team that likes to play a lot of isolation offense and we're a team that really doesn't do well with isolation defense we're a team that has the ability to stop you from a team standpoint if you start moving the ball around we are very good at recovering, but we're not good at ISO. And Paul George likes to ISO the shit out of us. Oh, yeah. And when he gets going, you can't stop him. And uh, Nathaniel Darius pointed out, I hope Crowder and Sarge are back. Me too. Yes. And I hope the old Sarge is back because we're going to need that. Do you game. think Tory Craig starts if Crowder isn't playing and is put on Paul George? Oh, yeah. I think he starts now. I think they're going to start him for sure. Um, it's just a better matchup, right? I mean, if, if Jay Crowder's not playing, you got to start him. And I think that... Cam Johnson had his chance, and I thought he should have maybe started again tonight. But when you see him just jacking up threes and stuff, it's like, uh, you know, I want a guy to do more and Cam more Johnson defensively, looked, though. You he know, because really when, lost tonight too. On when you when Cam you have Johnson. Cameron Cameron Johnson playing, you expect offense, and you're okay with him getting beat on defense. When you have Torrey Craig playing, you don't expect any offense, and you want some defense. So I think it would be nice to get some Torrey Let's Craig on Paul George film out there. Knowing that this is a team we're going to have to play in the playoffs, most likely, it, you know, the Suns better make it through the first fucking round. I tell you that right now. I don't care what fucking <laughs> seed we get; we better make it through that first goddamn round. But that being oh. said, like you got to put some of that film together. Yeah. Can I make a prediction? I think the Suns get blown out their first game. I think it's just going to be. I a can lot. totally see that happen. And then, and then they'll win the next four. Yeah. I think that's like, how the first they end up playing Dallas out. in the first round and just get like blown out of the arena. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that'll be just mm-hmm. bullshit. May twenty second, man. The countdown is on. Matthew, who wins this game? I got the Clippers. Okay, sweet. Go Suns. I got to pick the Suns. <laughs> yes. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. I, I was not I'll expecting that. I'm like, please don't make one. me pick the Clippers, man. Yeah, I think, well, the next two games, well, we got the Clippers and the Utah Jazz. We'll probably split those again like last time, I think. Uh-huh. It's, it's think so? impossible to win those, yeah. The nice so. thing, though, is they're not on back-to-backs. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, was last that's, time, was it back-to-back? Yeah, it was a back-to-back. Was? So we beat the Jazz, and then we had to fly to L.A. and play L.A. the next night, and we lost by 10 points. Hmm. Okay. Thank you, scheduling gods. But you look at this game uh, against the Clippers, and as you mentioned, shortly after that, we play the Utah Jazz, and then we kind of get a little bit of relief, if you will. It's OKC, and then two days later, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. You do have those Atlanta Hawks who are playing kind of tough right now. They've been pesky ever since Trey Young. You know, you get that Ewing effect. Uh, Bill Simmons talks about the Ewing effect, essentially, where whenever the Knicks would be without Patrick Ewing, they would play better. The Hawks are kind of going through that right now. They're really playing well without Trey Young. So that's the three-game road trip after the two at home against the Clippers and the Jazz. We play one game at home against the Knicks, then it's on the road for the Lakers, on the road for the Warriors, one game against the Blazers, and then those two last games against the San Antonio Spurs, while I will actually be in Laughlin, Nevada, during those games. So it'll be interesting trying to see me do some uh, podcasts from there, but I'll tell you this, I'll be gambling like a motherfucker on those games. God, I have a potty <laughs> mouth. I have a potty really mouth, do. dude. I'm a sorry. Bit. 
Can't control I'm, you, dude. I'm sorry. I'm a military guy, okay? Ten years in the Army, you just can't help but drop a few F-bombs along the mm-hmm. way. And I feel bad because our nephew, yeah, Eric, nephew. watches. I have a nephew who's actually named Matthew in Fresno. He likes to watch. And my sister sometimes is like, well, I don't let them always listen because you like to cuss. I'm like, come on. They're just words. My, my dad my dad will watch us until you start cursing. It turns out. Oh. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Gene. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry, Eugene. Uh, on that, well, my on, my uh, computer is about to die, and guess what's not plugged in? Oh, good shit. job well, again, Matthew. On You're that note, let's end this podcast. Thank you to everybody who decided to join us. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us at Sun Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. Matthew's at Matthew. I'm at Darth Voida. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you on Wednesday. Go Suns, baby. Go home and love your family. <laughs>